Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, the managing editor at Annie Femme. You can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. And I am joined today by fellow Annie Femme staffers, Caitlin and Peter. Hello, I'm Caitlin. I am an editor and writer for Anime Feminist, um, as well as my own blog, uh, heroineproblem.com, heroine with an E, and a reviewer for The Daily Dot. I'm Peter Phobian. I'm a producer at Crunchyroll and an editor at Anime Feminist. And today we are tackling the mid-season uh, check-in of the spring 2020 anime season. Uh, it's been kind of a weird season, uh, to say the least, um, A lot with a lot of shows going on hiatus um, because of, you know, the unpleasantness. Uh, but we still have a decent chunk under our belts and this is kind of a unique season in that uh, folks are watching stuff all across the board, it looks like. Um, a lot of the time, the, the kind of lower-ranked shows, as it were, don't have a ton of people watching them. Um, but we're going to be starting, you know, um, in that Red Flags category with Sing Yesterday for me. Uh, oh, am I the only watching? Oh, no, Peter. Oh, wait, Sing Yesterday was, yesterday. I guess Sing Yesterday was just a yellow flag, my bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we didn't really have a lot of red flags this past season. Like it was a surprising, it's been a, it's been kind of chill um, in its own way. So uh, yeah, Sing Yesterday for me is where we're going to kick things off. It looks like both of you guys are watching this one. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I am in a, in the unusual move for me watching it almost at least 50% for the Sakuga. Um, it's just such a beautiful show. Um, the animation is very fluid and expressive. Um, and uh, the, like the, like it's very, like it really captures the nineties. Like I spent half of the last episode uh, that I watched just looking at like the textures on the tatami mats in the rooms, just like, yeah, that, that actually looks like Tatami. Um, <laughs> which, um, because uh, here's the thing, Rikuo is not an interesting protagonist. Uh, Rikuo is boring, uh, to, to put it, to, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um, he's a very sort of standard, um, disaffected, male protagonist and i talked about this in my three episode review um who is has trouble caring about things and to the show's credit it doesn't seem like it's the girls who are teaching him how to live um so much as him like sort of hitting a point in his life where he's just like i can't continue on like this mm -hmm. um and sort of trying to figure out how to pick things up back up and how to get back into his passions which his passion for photography um so it's it's yeah it's not like totally a manic pixie dream girl show like i was worried about um but it's still Rico's whatever he's definitely around a lot being yeah. a decent <laughs> character unfortunately yeah. yeah so you're not into Rico as well peter uh i mean i think I, I just feel like i've seen the character a million times mm -hmm. uh i don't expect any new developments here i think by the end he's gonna it's just gonna be like welcome to the nhk or something where he kind of turns his life around maybe gets a real job uh like i don't know directing traffic or something and <laughs> realizes that uh like i i don't even know or i guess he wants to become a photographer um so at least like he's got an interest which is a lot more than a lot of guys mm -hmm. in this kind of situation in anime and then there's just like a bunch of girls kind of um orbiting yeah oh that's exactly the word i was looking for yeah orbiting around him <laughs> like the sun uh who are all uh passingly interested in him or extremely interested uh for kind of no discernible reason uh, <laughs> i was encouraged the fact by the fact yeah. that she uh, did not seem i was worried she'd be like the newest member of the like doesn't know why but wants to date Rico Brigade. She was just leeching off a, an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I mean I think she still think she they obviously they're friends or something. And I guess she was DTF, but uh she didn't <laughs> want a relationship, especially <laughs> when those two girls showed up at his house. She's like, Oh, I should probably get out of the way. <laughs> this is too complex for me. Um yeah. it did like it did just occur to me that maybe when this was written in originally written in the nineties, like Rikua wasn't such a well trod character type. 
Yeah, I think so. Because when I think about it, like most of those types of characters, they sort of became, I mean, they existed in the 90s, but not quite as like, he's like the blue, like the blueprint of it. And though they sort of became more of a thing in the aughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, so he's the progenitor and never got his own series. Wow. <laughs> Should I should I assume that the uh, the hints I watched the first episode it looked real pretty and I had no desire to see any more of it. Um, should I assume that the high school girl who was pursuing him that that has continued to be a thing? Yep. Yeah. Yay. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. It is good that they all have their own universes outside of Rikuo and like their own shit they're getting through. Like all of them yeah. have their own subplot. So it's not just like they're all there to just facilitate his personal growth. Mm-hmm. They are also getting over their own shit, which is interesting mm-hmm. and probably the reason I'm watching. High, yeah. high school girl whose name is escaping me at the moment. Haru. Haru, thank you. Yeah. Um, I just also want to point out to those not watching that her ex-boyfriend shows up, and he has a fedora and a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my well, God. They, he's, he's a lot cooler than Rikuo, too. <laughs> he <laughs> has a fedora and a goatee, and he manages to be cooler than Rikuo. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in the 90s, a fedora and a goatee was cool, right? <laughs> no. No, never? Okay. Sorry. Sorry, goatee fedora wearers of the 90s. No. Uh, um he was the progenitor of Goatee Fedora. Yeah, that was kind of why I I begged off of it was I was like, oh, this death, this has the feel of like uh, age gap romance type story where even if Haru kind of got her own arc, that was still where it was going, and I just have no desire to watch that play out mm-hmm. in my fiction. Um, minors don't 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 date people who aren't who are minors. Come on, Rikuo. No. Anyway, um, anything else you guys want to say about that one, or should we? keep jumping up the list are you or so are you guys enjoying it i honestly can't tell <laughs> i am okay i am i'm enjoying yeah. it enough like okay so i almost i made kind of like a mental ranking where it's like would i <clears throat> sorry would i still be watching this if i didn't have so much free time on my hands um mm-hmm. because i am technically unemployed right now um and for so first thing yesterday for me, I probably would have dropped it if I didn't have so much free time, but it's fine. You know, <laughs> I don't like I enjoy it. Um, it doesn't make me upset. Um, it's just something pretty to look at for uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, I think it's got a really cool mood, uh, like great visuals and atmosphere. And I think the the Haru and Shinako are both really interesting, and I'm interested in seeing where their plot goes. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's all kind of, uh, like Rikuo is the protagonist, and his story is just like kind of, it's well-worn. So yeah, um, yeah. I think like, I'm going to enjoy it, but I think my overall like retrospective on the series is going to depend on what happens with Haru and Shinako, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's chill in a way that i kind of need right now yeah it uh it reminded me of uh kids on the slope just in terms of like kind of the tone and pacing of it yeah like the coloring uh the atmosphere the tone the music that kind of thing gotcha yeah so it's uh it's very uh what's the what's the word for it nostalgic yeah yeah no that makes sense okay well with that um somewhat lukewarm recommendation uh let's keep jumping Mm -hmm. up the list uh, okay, um, well, Millionaire Detective is delayed. We only got, like, two episodes. There's not really any reason to talk about it. Apare Ranman is tragically delayed, um, and we've got a three-episode oh, check-in about that. That one did hurt. Um, I was having... Um, it is it is a flawed series, but I was having a lot of fun with that one. Um, but we have a three-episode check-in out for folks who want to, you know, kind of see where we were when it uh, went on hiatus, and hopefully it'll be back, um, you know, once it's, uh, you know, safe and for the animators to do so. Um, and then the next one up, uh, Peter, you're the only one on here who is uh, watching The Eighth Sun, but my understanding is it actually has like changed up a bit since the last time we checked in with it. So did you want to talk about The Eighth Sun? Are you kidding me um, for a little while here? God, I, what's the, what can we talk about? It, it's kind of all over the place, but I feel like it's slowly consolidating on what's going to be its main plot uh later on uh, which has been sort of foreshadowed which is like a conspiracy plot that goes on later uh which i guess is kind of bookworm-esque and how it's just about how nobility back in the day really sucks ass um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it had that like you know obligatory when he was a kid growing up that took like three episodes, mm-hmm. uh, and then him becoming important, which was another two episodes. Uh, and I think the last two episodes have probably been the strongest of the series because it's kind of just like more daily life stuff. And I think that's where it revealed that the series is kind of willing to poke fun at its own protagonist, which I think is very important with Isekai series where the main character is completely overpowered. Oh, yeah. No, you have to have a sense of humor if you're going to make that work in any any fashion. And it has to be a good one, unlike uh, Overpowered Hero uh, as well. Yeah. Like they enter a fighting tournament where magic isn't allowed and uh, Will just gets taken out in the first round almost instantaneously because he's completely out of shape since he's got overpowered magic and just does everything with magic. Yeah. Yeah. Spends the rest of the, uh, the episode basically sleeping off the beating that he got. Oh, and, no. Uh, it's re- yeah. Revealed that he uh, had made everybody a cute box lunch uh, since he didn't think that he was going to make it very far in the tournament anyway. Aww. So, yeah, it was kind of cute. He made a little egg version of everybody. Oh, I will say I, I, I only got a couple episodes in and then they murdered. They, sorry, spoilers, I guess they killed the beautiful wizard in episode two. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to keep committing to the show. I'm already watching a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But I will say one thing that, that, kept me around for, for at least a couple was that well was uh, he was not a dirtbag protagonist. Like he seemed like a nice guy. Um, yeah. It sounds like that's pretty much stayed the course. Like he looks out for the people around him and is um, not, not your, not your kind of standard, like shitty or just totally boilerplate isekai protag. You know, I think a lot of isekai protags are uh, like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you get the same thing with um, death March to a parallel world Rhapsody and uh what was it? Something of Ragnarok and Blesser of Arnyar. Uh, yeah. Both of them are basically that same archetype. I think what separates Eighth Sun is that it hasn't really taken great lengths to sexualize any of the female characters around him. Well, that's good. Yeah, it, there's no slaves. Uh, Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> the bar that we've set into the core of the earth has been cleared. Yeah, and it's interesting. Some uh, I, This is just going to sound weird, but it's also introducing some interesting male characters, which I think is unique for this type of series, since it's usually like the protagonist, the villain, and the protagonist harem of women. Yeah, and then just true. like men aren't a big deal outside of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, uh, the royal mage is this really buff, wizard guy who uh they go to slay a dragon together and the first thing he does is does a magical girl transformation sequence into his magical armor oh that's uh, he fun. wears a sheer muscle shirt at all times <laughs> it, uh, definitely a way something that distinguishes eight son there is some weird stuff like the the girls want to become his uh, concubines uh mostly as like a way of like climbing the social ladder it just, I, I don't know, just them becoming his concubines feels kind of weird. I feel like they're all really young, and I don't even know if any of them know that that might have to involve sex at some point, uh, which gives it sort of a weird edge. But I, it's weird that that was included. I feel like they could have just not done that. Yeah, but you know, harem, gotta be there, right? Gotta tick that checkbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess that's why it felt weird, because it felt like a, like an obligatory harem. Like, the, mm-hmm. the series was almost going, like, let's get this out of the way. He's, he's married to three women. <laughs> and then the stuff that I want to do, which is about well-making box lunches and noble sucking, is it, kind of what it felt like. I, I will, yeah, I mean, it it definitely sounds like it's not boring, and it has a sense of humor, so that's good. Um, I don't think it's one I'll necessarily come back to, but I am curious to see, to hear your thoughts about it at the end of the core like kind of where the story ends up going. Cause I know like Chiaki's commented on it too. Cause uh, she's watching it as well. And she was like, yeah, I'm actually having fun with this one now. I wasn't expecting to. Um, so that's good to know that it's, it's an enjoyable 20 minutes a week at least. Uh, okay. Tamayomi is next. I dropped that one. So we, I, I did a three episode check in on it. Uh, it just wasn't very interesting. So uh, that was that. Uh, we're not watching Shironaka Project or Shachibato. So now we get to my surprise favorite of the season. Smack oh my Marvelous. god. Princess <laughs> Connect Redive. Um, I love this show so I was going to say, are y'all enjoying this one as much as I am? <laughs> Very much, yes. Peter's I, mostly just been trolling Chiaki with uh, Carol images in the group <laughs> Slack, Slack for and this I've, one. <laughs> I've been trolling Chiaki by changing her name in the Discord. Uh, <laughs> to various Carol uh, names and things, yeah. 
I couldn't believe Chiaki actually thought like I was like, oh dang, Carol's dead, and Chiaki <laughs> thought I was. I was like, no one was going to die in this series, Chiaki. Yeah, I don't know I don't, why you think that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not the kind of series that is going to murder characters. Um, yeah. yeah, Princess Connect is just it's just really fun. It's um, a couple of seasons ago when Cautious Hero came out in episode two, I was like, this is giving me Slayer's vibes and it's way too early for me to be hype about that, but I kind of am. And then Cautious Hero fell on his face and that sucked. <laughs> now we're halfway through Princess Connect and I am going to say again, it gives me Slayer's vibes in a way that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I mean, it is, it is four goofballs going on adventures together and it's a very, I think it's a very warm hearted series because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's by the Konosuba writer, Correct. Like he's he was involved in it it's somehow. The director, the anime director. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That's totally different then. Um, so it has kind of the the comedic timing that Konosuba had, but the character I couldn't get into Konosuba because the characters were just like relentlessly shitty, uh, yeah. especially to yeah. each other in a way that I did not enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but Princess Connect, like, I mean, Carol's a big tsundere cat, but like they all genuinely care about each other and look out for each other, mm-hmm. um, and. It's just fun to watch them go on on goofy adventures, looking for food and mm-hmm. and meeting like these these I assume characters from the mobile game. Like it's really I didn't know you could do a like a gotcha style mobile game this well. Um, yeah, the way, they, the way they've the way they've just like introduced a couple of characters and done a little one off story. And I think it being a comedy helps because you don't have to like get really deep into everybody's backstories. Mm-hmm. Like you can just have a murder hospital episode, and there's <laughs> the characters there who are terrifying, and then you can move on to a different story, and it's fine because you've got this core cast kind of keeping everybody together. Um, the girl came back, which made me very happy. Oh, she's so good. <laughs> Did you two not watch last period? I, I, I dropped off a few episodes in. It just, um, it no. did not charm me as much as I wanted it to. But I know you okay. like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, like Princess Connect has big last period vibes uh, in the way it like has the central cast introduces other mobile game characters, I guess. Except that one is clearly saying that gotcha games are awful, yeah. uh, which is <laughs> an interesting marketing that. move. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah, last exactly sour to me on that one, but yeah. I, I mean, I just completely forgot it existed. Just oh, okay. straight up. You said, oh, didn't you watch last period? I'm like, what? It's got Wiseman too. I That's why I stuck with it as long as I did was for Wiseman. Oh, okay. Um, right. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it was, I think with that one, it was that there was a lot of like the fan service, like really awkwardly shoehorned in. And I just, I just like, it turned me off enough that I never came back to it. Um, with Princess Connect, like, I'm not going to say there's no fan service because there is some. Pecorine's um, boobs are bouncy. Pecco's yep. boobs, yeah, Pecorine's boobs are very bouncy. Um, but it really doesn't bother me because there's, it's very minor and it's just so, just kind of, what's, oh, what's the word for it? It's very playful. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like somebody's like breathing heavily and being like, oh, boobs. It's just like, teehee. Um, and that doesn't bother me as much uh, for whatever reason with fan service. Like, I get it if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, uh, what's the word, deal breaker for folks at home, but like, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me at all. And mostly they bounce at times when boobs would bounce. Maybe this is more true. prominently than they than real boobs would, but boobs bounce. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. You're saying it's not high school of the dead, is what you're saying. No. <laughs> They're not, not trying to escape from her chest, no. Yeah. No, that's Shin Megami Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anti-gravity boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. But yeah, I would say other than other than the minor fan service, and obviously, you know, some of the characters wear some of the the minor characters that you meet along the way wear some absolutely ridiculous outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that they even kind of called it out in the murder hospital episode. They were like, "Why is she dressed like that?" <laughs> I love the new princess who's dressed like a cow. No, it's a good character yeah. design. Sexy yeah. costume. <laughs> The whole the whole group of like animal themed adventures with Rima the llama like leading the party was great, and uh, we've actually got like a two part arc coming up, so I'm curious to see how that ends. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I should have said it doesn't get more serious. That was like my feeling at the end of the last episode, where mm-hmm. I was just like, I really hope we're not going to start getting into like dramas speckled with comedy, mm-hmm. um, because I'm really like this show could just keep doing what it's doing for its entire run and i would be so happy with it 
I don't mind if I don't mind if they if they want to raise the stakes and like add because I mean the show begins with Yuki being like sent down to this world with some kind of mission that uh, 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 is it Kokoro because they call Kokoro. her Koroster so I've been calling her Koroster yeah. in my head um, like they like supposedly they have some I guess mission they're supposed to be on although all they're doing right now is looking for delicious food with their friends uh, yeah. so I don't mind if the show like raises the stakes because again mm-hmm. like like as far as Slayer's vibes go Slayer's has moments where it gets pretty intense like they're fighting demons and the action gets you know pretty wild but at the end of the day like it's it's still going to be a comedy with a happy ending and so I'm I'm fine with that if they as long as they don't drop the mm-hmm. the goofiness um, entirely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I just. Oh, the I only really other like... thing I wanted to. Sorry, real quick, Caitlin. I meant to say this at the beginning of the yeah. episode. Yeah. Totally forgot. Um, folks at home, we are recording this one. Our release schedule was a little weird this time around. So, like, this episode is going to go up when every when most of the shows are on like episode eight. Um, we're recording this a week prior, and I think most of us probably haven't watched the newest ones that dropped like today. So we're no. talking like right at the six episode mark for pretty much everything. Um, yeah. Just wanted folks at home to know uh, that this is this isn't this is a true mid season for us, even though it's coming out a little bit later. Anyway, sorry. What were you going to say about uh, Princess Connect? Um, I just I want Yuki to stay a complete helpless baby the entire time <laughs> and just periodically um, get eaten by wolves. Yeah, he got eaten by a Digimon this time. <laughs> like Weird Garurumon just kind of showed up. But if, uh, that, yeah, if, that, if that wolf if that wolf had been wearing jorts yeah. it would have just been where gururumon i made <laughs> such an ugly noise when the thing got shot by an arrow and accidentally let him go and he just flew directly into a tree <laughs> <laughs> and he's so chill about it that like like i felt i felt genuinely bad for him in the hospital episode because he was starting to like freak out and yeah. like we were, we were meant to feel bad for him at that point i think but Very most of the moe. time when he gets but yeah but most of the time when he gets like picked up by wolves and dragged off he just has this look on his face like eh. and so i don't feel bad <laughs> laughing about it because he doesn't like, seem too fussed like well this is happening now Very durable. <laughs> he's extreme yuki's extremely durable yes yeah. made to last which is good because he is kind of a punching bag who just occasionally uh, powers up the girls. I guess he's basically mm. a battery. Is the sense I'm getting? Um, which is an interesting take wow. on protection. Yeah, I, I think that's in episode one. I was like, wait, this is cool because like he did the power up, and I was like, this is going to go one of two ways. It's probably going to go. He just like, even though he's an idiot, can somehow one shot enemies if he gets very sad for the girls getting in peril or something. Mm-hmm. But then he just powered up. Uh, Pekka in and she like blew up the entire army by herself and I was yeah. like oh wait this is lit this is cool yeah yeah I'm sorry um, Caitlin I meant his special power is basically that he is a battery for the other characters um, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's I think that's a really neat take on on the genre of like the collect the cute girls around you because it's not like Yuki's mm-hmm. not so much the power fantasy of like he's he's the he's just supportive like it's like i just want to support these badass ladies in any way i can so I'll, i will expend i will ex- uh, make their powers stronger than they already were um yeah. so yeah it's 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 a neat take on the genre it's been a lot of fun i think mm-hmm. everyone on staff who's watching it is enjoying it so um we've been low-key like getting folks in the antifem slack to be like well uh, sorry, the Anifem Discord uh, to be like, well, shit, now I have to try this show too, which yeah. is fun. So, uh, yeah, folks at home, again, as long as you don't mind a little, a little, a little extremely lighthearted fan service and um, some ridiculous costumes, like it's it's a fun show. I think you'll I think you'll have a good time with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're we're taking we're taking a while on the bottom half here, which I mean it happens sometimes, but like I don't want us to go over. So mm-hmm. um, let's move on to listeners, which I don't think I'm gonna have a. I feel like I could I could. I could say a lot about listeners, but I don't really mm-hmm. see the reason to, I just don't see the point. But anyway, yeah. uh, Peter, you're <laughs> yeah. behind. Caitlin and I are both watching it. Caitlin, what would you like to say about listeners? Um, so the thing about listeners is that it does feel very insubstantial and inconsequential. Um, I will definitely, like, it's it's not like a great show. It's not going to be a super, a show that's going to like last in my memory for a long time. But I watch it. I enjoy it while I'm watching it. There's, I get, I laugh at some of the music deep cuts. Um, my mother-in-law lived in Seattle when the grunge era was just kicking off. So the grunge episode, like Jared was like pointing out some of the, uh, the really deep cuts that they had. Like uh, one of the first bands in the grunge era was called uh, Honey or 
Honey Hut. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, the math that started and they met in a math class. Oh, okay. Which so was that... why the math club met in a hut and did like did they cover themselves with honey? I don't remember. There was something to there was something with honey. But it was just like a very elaborate joke for this like bizarre reference that like only people who lived in Seattle in this particular time or were super into grunge would get. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of music references that whiz straight over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there's there's some really obvious ones, but um, as I'm not like a, you know, hardcore music historian or anything like that, like most of them, oof, I chuckled at the guys at the school just standing in the background smashing pumpkins. That made me, that got, <laughs> that um, yeah, my thing with listeners is like you said, it's so insubstantial that I almost don't feel, I just don't, there, I think there's a lot I could criticize about it, but it's so, fl- I'm entertained every week and mm-hmm. it's so fluffy that there's not enough to grab on for me to feel like it's necessarily harmful because it's just air. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that's, I know that that's, you know, our job is to, is to uh, approach all shows through a feminist lens, but sometimes you're tired and you're just like, what's mm-hmm. even the point with this one? Yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, like, like it's, it's shitty that they whitewashed their Jimi Hendrix stand in. Um, it's shitty ableism that the, the, the kind of villains, but definitely like the inhuman monsters or whatever are called the earless. Um, there's a lot of little things about it that bug mm-hmm. me week to week. And, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the Kurt Cobain stand-in has a hole in their head. And her sure does. pointing a gun at her head is her pose. Yeah. yeah. A little incense. It's it's definitely pretty insensitive. Yeah, that's not that's not really a reference. That's just shitty. I but, think I think somebody who was really into music wanted to make a show, and there's a lot of like earnestness mm-hmm. and sincerity to the the music element of it. Um, but I would say that they did not put a lot of thought into other aspects of it. It it very much has that feel of like, well, this will look cool, so that's why we're doing it. I mean, um, I, think so I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's malicious by any stretch, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still fucking up mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 like it doesn't put much thought into things like that beyond like here's a reference and like doesn't think about how like insensitive some of those things can be. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like, it's, it's just one of, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, I get, I'm just, I just keep coming back to your word insubstantial. Mm-hmm. Like I, I keep watching it because I am, I am entertained by it, but it's not, it's, it's hard for me to recommend um, other than if, like, you're just looking for like, unless you're like super into music. Like, I think that would be the main reason I would, I would recommend it to folks. If you're really into music listeners, you'll probably get a kick out of a lot of the references going on. Mm-hmm. And the characters are like, I like the cast. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like Mew and Echo, and I, I think their relationship is kind of interesting. I think Echo's probably going to die at the end, but we'll see. Um, or they'll have to dramatically save him. Um, I'm really curious to see how they what they do with Mew going forward, because I think her character arc will have a lot to do with whether how mm-hmm. I view the show at the end of the day. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm still not 100% sure what her story is. Yeah. Um, I like the character but... designs a lot. Oh, it looks really cool. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean... Um... Yeah, I, I really like, especially like how the female character, like the female character designs aren't like super idealized. Like, like they they're like they're obviously they're very pretty, but they've got these like kind of like chubby faces and like their way they're they're built more like um, humans, like mm-hmm. human women. Yeah, like, I feel they like don't it. have like the sup- like they don't have super narrow waists or like disproportionately big boobs. Like they are they have like um some meat on their bones um, yeah i think overall the show has handled its female cast yeah. pretty well like i can't think yeah. of anything egregious it's done like i'm mm-hmm. still kind of curious to see how Mew's story will like if she and echo have side-by-side stories or if she's ultimately just like his you know kind of second fiddle to him um so i'm kind of curious I'm, to see what they do with her story but so far i've not had any issues with it from yeah. that perspective yeah at this point i honestly i kind of think it might be more her story than echo's story yeah, I kind of feel that way as well. Um, but again, it's it's we're halfway through and each episode mm-hmm. has spent a lot of time with these other characters that they're meeting along the way. So I just don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I guess we should point out that uh, Anime Prince was 100,000% in love with Anime Jimmy. So yes. I mean, like there was a there were there were doves and he said, I love him. And there was a big rainbow. And I was like, this is not subtle. <laughs> so. hey, didn't he say like, like, 
he said like he didn't say ski he said like uh i think he used i better. yeah he yeah, used i, I was, yeah which is which like is, serious business it's deep love deep love um so that was neat mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think we should probably move on to the next show unless there was something else you want to say about listeners peter i know you could not get into this one and that's totally fine um i get it uh i think i can just basically say it the feeling i get from the show is that daisato worked on eureka 7 high evolution and wanted to make his own eureka 7 that's that's totally fair yeah Mm -hmm. i found the entire experience very underwhelming personally but i'm glad you're enjoying it (laughs) that's totally fair yeah uh okay let's go on to the next one which uh caitlin you're caught up on i'm caught up on peter you're behind on this one as well yeah. Um, it's uh, Kakushigoto or Kaku- yeah, it's either Kakushigoto or Kakushigoto. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it. It's both ways. Uh, it's both, right? It's yeah. either. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. both correct uh, pronunciations because the title is a pun. Um, yeah. Anyway, or if you're talking about the main character, Kak- uh, Kakushigoto. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A triple pun. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. So. This is the show I keep forgetting I'm watching, but I like it while I'm watching it. Like, does that make sense? Because I'll go to yeah. my watch list and be like, oh, what haven't I caught up on this week? And I'm like, oh, shit, Kakushigoto, I should watch the new one. And then I watch it, and I like it. Uh, and then I stop watching it, and I, once again, the next week, forget I'm watching it. <laughs> um, it's, it is, I, I think, like, listeners, it's, I, I, you know what, I won't say that. I think it's more substantial than listeners. I think what it's doing in terms of, like, um, kind of addressing uh family and grief and Mm -hmm. and like the ideas of like what what it means to be a real family because the main characters both they um you know it's a single dad and his daughter and the mom died when she was pretty young and uh there's a lot of episodes that kind of uh will kind of insert these these little low-key conflicts about you know people in in town or you know folks on the radio or just like social expectations of oh you really need a mom around the house like you're just not things aren't right without a mom around the house and i like that the show keeps kind of pushing back against that like either um either his daughter he may will say something to the effect of like well no i'm i'm happy with it being just the two of us like i think we're fine or in the most recent episode which i'm not sure if you guys have seen this one yet uh it dropped on thursday i guess um there was a whole arc about them getting a puppy and um they, there was like conversation around like uh, Goto kept hearing people around the neighborhood being like, yeah, you really need somebody to stay at home and watch a dog. If you have a dog, like if, if you're both off at school or work, then it's not going to work out. And he was like, damn it. No, he wants this dog and we're going to make it work. I don't care what other people say. Um, so I like that element of it. Um, I would not call it a perfect comedy, but I think the way it engages with the, the family dynamics is, is really sweet and it has a, it has a good heart. Yeah, no, I I pretty much agree with all of that. Um, the comedy is not as sharp as I kind of expected it to be mm-hmm. at the outset. Um, yeah. The manga, the jokes about the manga industry are really good, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fact that, like, no one wants to take on Goto as, as, a, <laughs> as his editor, like, that he's just such a pain in the butt to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, the manga industry jokes are very funny. Um, I really, I, I also really enjoy the jokes where like Hime is trying to figure out things with her little like small child understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like she assumes they're poor because they live in a one-story house when actually no, they're they're doing fine. Yeah, they're fine. Just, just they first I, did they go into why they live in a one-story house? Uh, it's um, a replication it's, of their old house or something. Yeah. He, he uh, they had it built. Yeah, he basically oh, replicated their old yeah. house in the middle of the city so they'd be like closer to work and school and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I really enjoy that humor. And I, 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 yeah, it's a lot more poignant than I thought it would be. Like the first yeah. episode didn't really give a lot of, of hints at that other than like, oh, he's a single dad who really loves his daughter. But like as it's gotten more into sort of like his – grief and missing his wife mm-hmm. um i think it's it's definitely gotten i won't i don't want to say more interesting because i enjoyed like also the straight comedy but um it's it's definitely taken on a different tone than i was expecting yeah it's there's definitely a bittersweet undercurrent and i'm still trying mm-hmm. to figure out we keep flashing forward to hime as a 18 year old so i think she's a senior in high school and um 
I can't figure out if she and her dad like became estranged from each other um, or if he's dead too. Like I'm still trying to figure out what, what happened yeah. in the interim there. Um, or like, I don't know if maybe, maybe her grandpa ended up taking her in for some reason. Like I have, I, there's still that element of it where I don't know if this is going to end with the two of them reconnecting or like her just learning about a, a parent figure who's also gone from her life, which would be like a heck of a, a punch at the end of a comedy series. But um so, yeah, there's that kind of mystery building up as well as to, you know, what happened between um, their life together as a child that we're seeing in these snippets of, of her about like 10 years in the future or something like that. So I'm curious to see where it goes from there. Um, I guess as far as stuff to warn folks about, there is a very minor side character who is uh, pretty much a gay stereotype. The show doesn't really like, other than one uncomfortable bit in the first episode, the show doesn't really harp on it. Um like the one other joke they've kind of made about him is that he's apparently super into death metal. And when he may wanted to learn how to play the piano, like the first thing he taught her was like this, like grim, dark death metal song to play on the piano. <laughs> um, so most of like, so for the most part, the show handles him pretty matter of factly, but there is some stuff in the early going that's a little rough. Um, and then there's also uh, he there, they have a housekeeper who comes a few times a week and she is from, I want to say Indonesia. Indonesia. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, and like she's super nice um she doesn't speak in broken japanese like it's not going you know hardcore uh like stereotype there um he may really likes her um most of the jokes are just about cultural differences like he may will want to make like yakiniku or something and so she'll make like the indonesian version of what would be yakiniku like a grilled meat dish mm -hmm. um so most of it is fine but every once in a while there will be like a uh like a cultural joke that veers into racism like when she uh oh i'm trying to it was like there was a fortune telling bit that got a little bit rough i thought um mm -hmm. so and obviously i am not qualified to speak on uh the level of sensitivity of that story arc um, as i am not from indonesia but um you know uh, listeners, folks at home, if you have any thoughts on that, we'd love to hear from you in the comments. And I did figure it was just worth bringing up as just like a, a point of concern, I guess. Uh, can you think of anything else we should like let folks know about Kakushigoto if they're interested in uh, watching it? I just wish the assistant girl from who like in the first episode started like grumbling about capitalism, patriarch <laughs> capitalistic patriarchy had mm -hmm. continued a little bit more on that thread. Yeah, I like his. Yeah. Needs more practice. Oh, <laughs> I will say that um, I had in the three episode review, I mentioned that one of his uh, one of his assistants was basically like like a hot ditz. And that's not they've they've actually done a pretty good job of making her. She's she she has more to her than that. Like she's a little bit of a straight man character um, in the office. And so I do appreciate that. And I will I will take back that statement about her. <laughs> uh, the show has done some has done a better job kind of rounding out his assistants as these um other characters that cycle around in the story with him yeah yep. yeah okay uh yeah sorry we keep spending a lot of time on these midway ones so um hopefully we won't go too long uh but we have a few here that we can skip right over gallon dino none of us are watching digimon adventure colon none of us are watching that one's also delayed so is diary of our days at breakwater um none of us kept up with boongo and alchemist sorry boongo and alchemist uh, Peter, do you want to talk to us about Tower of God real quick? Because we had that one ranked kind of as an, it's complicated because it was just super hard to tell after the first episode what it was going to do. Mm -hmm. I think it's become very interesting. Uh, I don't, are you too very familiar with Hunter Hunter? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen the whole anime. Okay. Okay. So it's like, uh, the, you Sorry, know, I've seen the whole 2011 anime. I've never seen the original, the nineties okay. version, but yeah, I've seen That's all funny. of the nineties one. <laughs> but only got, to, but uh, dropped out at Chimera Arc in the current one. Damn, oh, that's, that's the best. That's literally the best no, arc in show. No, we, we can't do this right now, Peter. Yeah. We, can't we can't do it. Yeah, we can't anyway. have the Hunter Hunter debate right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you're getting the big Hunter exam vibes, right? Oh yeah, the early stuff in Tower Yard. You are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it yeah. feels like just a big Hunter exam. It's at okay. the end. You like become God or something. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, an ANN review of the latest episode, I think, put it pretty well. Like lately, it's sort of revealed that the tower isn't just like a kind of a moral uh, test, but it's like an institution. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's as the series is progressing, it's revealing a lot of powers, like problems with this this large institution that they're all 
playing a part in. I got uh, some vibes from that with the princess character in the first episode, but again, it was just impossible to tell if they were going to do anything with that or not. Oh yeah, it, it's definitely, especially in the last two episodes, it's really leaned into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the princesses of Jihad aren't literally princesses. They're, I guess Jihad was the first person to climb the tower mm-hmm. and he kind of has this, uh, I wouldn't call it a harem, but all of his like royal guard are women who mm-hmm. he forces to take vows of celibacy because they could pass their powers on genetically wow. um and when he agrees to give you this power he like takes a pair of your shoes and puts it on this big like like wall of shoes that he has if you remember Creepy. that scene from the beginning yeah it's very yeah. it's very and it's it's definitely framed that way like this okay. is weird so it's uh, intended to not be a good thing yes and uh, uh anak the little green girl her, her mother was one of the princesses of jihad fell in love with a guy who made really good chicken pies <laughs> and ended up having her so i guess she broke the the oath of celibacy and it sort of implied that she was murdered um like their house was burned down so Anak got these powers like illegally uh, through her mother, and uh, since her mother, I get you know it, it's implied she's murdered. You don't quite know what happened, mm-hmm. um, but she basically just wants to kill all of the princesses of Jihad because it's implied that one of the princesses did it. So okay. she's basically out on a vengeance spree against uh, kind of this this institution created by the most powerful person in the tower, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it's really kind of developing this world where this this entire system is sort of implied to be evil, but it's like all encompassing. So everyone has to play a part in it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, like the, just the synthesis that we've got kind of feel really insightful and interesting, and it's building a lot of, on a lot of the characters in in interesting ways. And I, I'm also surprised by just like the sheer number of like prominent female characters. Like, I think so, like, it introduced so far of the top five strongest characters, I think three or four of them are definitely women. And all of them have very um, prominent personal narratives, which are obviously going to be developed later on in the series as well. Like, the more I watch, the more interesting and encouraged I am in watching more of the series and maybe that's, even picking it up once the season ends. That's really good to hear. I uh, It's one that, because uh, that's another one you and Chiaki are both watching and, like, your comments about it make it sound like something I kind of want to check out. I just, it's been running, the manga, the manhwa has been running for 10 years and it hasn't ended. And I just don't know if I can commit to that yeah. kind of, that, I don't know if I can invest myself in another endless running like action series. So I'm, uh, I'm hesitating to jump into it, but um, I do, I do want to keep hearing about it from you so that if I do decide to binge it at some point, like, you know, I've got yeah. that. At the moment, I don't know if anything as far as like extensions or new seasons have been announced. So I imagine mm-hmm. uh, like it literally might just be this season and then they maybe they'll have to wrap it up in some way. I'm, I'm not, I honestly don't know anything about the production right now, but I Our think the anime is kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, at least if you wanted to like get a taste with the anime, I feel like they're probably going to try to make a concise story within the, the hmm. parameters of the of the season so okay, yeah yeah apparently they're moving through the first chapters pretty at a pretty fast clip but i haven't uh it doesn't feel that way watching it felt anime. okay that's good yeah. uh yeah let me know how it is at the end and again if it's if the, the first core is like a satisfying story uh i'll pick it up and binge it probably so yeah. awesome uh yeah keep us posted on that one uh next one on the list is my other favorite show of the season this one just wasn't a surprise like princess connect was uh my next life as a villainess and we are all watching this one yeah yes yep. Yeah. Um, so, how are y'all enjoying Bacarina? <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. It is a delight. It makes me happy every time I watch it. Um, they're all just very good girls and boys. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think all the boys are good, but no, yeah. Jordan sucks, and no. and Keith needs to Keith needs to maybe maybe work through his weird crush on his stepsister, but yes. or adopted sister, but yeah. Well, I also like I really appreciate how being just being a kind person mm-hmm. like Katarina has fundamentally changed who Keith was compared to like in the original continuity in the game. Oh, she's like had a huge impact on everybody's yeah. lives just by virtue of being nice to them like being compassionate and reaching out a hand when nobody else would Mm -hmm. uh yeah i love that her that's her her superpower is basically being extremely blunt and extremely kind yeah and extremely hungry and extremely hungry she does love her snacks Mm -hmm. it's very it's all very relatable 
Um, <laughs> extremely blunt, blunt, extremely kind, extremely hungry. I feel yeah. That. Yeah, if folks at home, if you've somehow like not heard about this one, because I know it, it's been getting a lot of like buzz on the on the Twitters, um, it uh, it's it is. Um, I I honestly don't even want to say it's low key a bisexual harem. Like it straight up is a bisexual harem. <laughs> yeah. uh, Katarina has admirers, uh, both boys and girls, and um, it's pretty obvious from the blushing and the characters, like even some of their internal monologues. Like this is, I think, calling it subtext is is not even true. I think it is textually uh, that she has she has suitors um, of of. I don't want to say both genders because there's there's more than that, but in the context of the show, you know. Guys yeah. and girls. Uh, yeah, so. if you're if you're not if you don't think pretty much every character in the series is romantically interested in her, then you're willfully ignorant. It's yeah. it's all right there. Yeah. yeah, in the now I've read I've read the light novels. In the light novels, Sophia is more um, is more like genuinely like a friend who kind of wants Katarina to hook up with her brother um, so that they can be like you know besties forever. Um, but I think the anime has gone a lot harder on uh, the crush vibes from that. So like if you know if I was just watching the anime, like that's totally how I would be reading Sophia's relationship with uh, Katarina as well. Um, I. Yeah, I enjoy it. I like that. I like that aspect of it because, you know, I mean, Caitlin, I think you're with me on this. Like we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of harem anime in our day or reverse harems, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, both. You know, like, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a play on the otome genre in a way that mm-hmm. I really like in terms of like, it cuts out some of the, like the, the evil rival lady character has been gone and is just replaced by mm-hmm. this, this sweet girl and um and she keeps stealing all the all the romance flags from the guys on accident <laughs> she and maria sorry yeah she and maria have gotten really close um and yeah it's just it's just i've i've been really pleased with the adaptation because the light novels have some like low key homophobia is not the right word heteronormativity the light novels have some low key heteronormativity in them um via some of the some of the internal monologues and stuff and the anime has just completely gotten rid of all that so i think the show is a lot more inclusive and just fun to watch and you can just have a good time with it again Jordo kind of sucks but otherwise it's it's an easy one to to get to get behind and just kind of chuckle with so yeah yeah any other thoughts on villainous I am hoping that there's like some movement soon because it sort of mm-hmm. feels like it's a very static situation in which, uh, and it's become apparent that she's drastically changed the plot of the game. So mm-hmm. I, I feel at some point that a shoe needs to drop and there needs to be some sort of mm-hmm. like, so like, what does this mean? I, I find the episodes entertaining, but I'm kind of wondering if it just becomes like a slice of life at this point mm-hmm. or because it's setting up this whole dynamic where she's in the position of the villain and she's basically made it so she's, like I don't think by any measure anyone would consider her a villain anymore. Yeah. Um, so and, like, what happens now? I I love that she is she, she's too stupid to realize that she has changed everything. She's still like all freaked out about all these flags, and but because she doesn't realize that no everything is different now. Yeah. Like she's not going to get murdered because everyone or banished because everyone loves her, but she's still freaking out about that. And I don't know. It's just very sweet. Yeah, she's extremely oblivious to how much everyone around her cares about her. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is part of the the charm of the story, I think. Um but yeah, so Villainous has been really good. I have a feeling I know where the anime is gonna end, and if they end it where I think they will, it'll be a really good stopping point. Um and it'll feel like a full con- complete story which will be great um and i'll just sit my i'll just sit over here sipping my spoiler tea uh beyond that because i don't want to give anything away oh one last thing i want I, I am really surprised by how popular it is like i'm glad i'm so glad it's taken off like it has because like we haven't we haven't had a like a, a lady-led isekai in ages i mean bookworm bookworm yes but it's a different it's it's a very different vibe um and so it's been fun to see to see that that subgenre kind of come back and people like embracing it, so yeah, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. I, it, Otome game adaptations typically, I, I, I don't want to say that they're not the most popular anime, right? Uh, oh no, but this not. one, yeah, it's taken off. I've seen a lot of like like very even gender divide as far as the fans too. So mm-hmm. it's it's been a very surprising series for me. Just in like everybody seems into it. I am so glad it's popular because that suggest that we'll get more stories like it um which would be i I welcome that with open arms (laughs) 
also, uh, it has made my favorite Anna Trends chart ever, um, which I, I don't know if I shared that with you. Was it the best uh, couples and like eight yes. of the 10 were Katarina and one of her suitors? Yes, she <laughs> occupies eight of the top 10 couples of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exquisite. Um, she she truly has a harem. Nobody can decide who the best one is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fun to watch play out. So yeah. Okay, we definitely have to move on because the last two are complicated. Well, one of them is complicated for sure. And we yeah. need some time to be able to talk about them. Uh, next on the list, Wave, listen to me. We had put it under Feminist Potential. I would say it is definitely an It's Complicated show at this point. Yes. Um, does anybody else want to start us off or should I jump into my my extremely complicated feelings about it? <laughs> I, I will talk about my own complicated feelings about it if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, so in my uh, first episode review, in my premiere review, I professed my love for uh, Minare. Um, unfortunately, we have broken up due to her <laughs> being a homophobe. Yes, she is. Um, she is. Uh, a- as the episodes have gone on, it seems like she is not only a homophobe, but she is a woman who declares that any guy who does not, who isn't nice to her is probably gay. Because she is so hot, how could they not be attracted to her? But at the same time, I... So Minari, not a nice person. No. Um, No, she's a disaster mess, and she's also kind of shitty. Yeah. But I am also still enjoying the show. Um, I have leaned into Minari not just being a disaster mess, but a uh, a, uh, unlikable not remotely nice disaster mess um and instead of uh rooting for her i am seeing how she is going to screw things up next um i like all of the supporting cast um i can never i'm so bad at remembering names today her roommate is it mizuho does that sound right yeah that sounds right um mizuho is lovely um I really like, I really enjoy the dialogue. Um, I enjoy that not everyone is like fast talking, super verbose, um, like Minare is. Like, I like that most people talk, most of the people in the show more or less talk like people. Their conversations feel like humans that they uh, could, uh, a conversation that a human would have. Like Mizuho, like when she gets locked out, just chilling and like, chatting with this guy like that felt very human um Mm -hmm. or um what's his face's sister with the baby i can't do names oh yeah um Um, i think i think he just goes by nakahara in the show but that's who you're talking about yeah nakahara um like nakahara's nakahara kind of sucks because he definitely like tried to grab minari's butt while she was appeared to be passed out which not cool guys nope um but his sister seems really cool. And just, yeah, I like I, I enjoy like watching all the characters interact and watching Minari be a complete disaster, even though um, it's, you know, I can't I can't love Minari anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's um. totally fair. Um, yeah, I almost dropped it after episode three, um, which was the one where she goes on that big tirade about their boss um, and you find out she's a big old homophobe. Um, and also that the show apparently wants to depict its, its one gay character as being predatory. Um, and then the, and the, and I almost just turned it off. And then the tail end of episode three has that really, um, good grounded conversation between her and Mizuho where Mizuho kind of says like, you know, I appreciate what you did on the radio the other day, because you're just like, you're shouting the things that I, that, that most of us just keep inside. And it's, it's really cathartic to be able to listen to that. Um, and I was like, shit, okay, I actually really liked that conversation. I guess I'll give it another try. And I think since then I have gradually enjoyed it more and more, like as she's gotten more into her radio gig and we get more of her in the studio, um, doing, doing her, her segments and the show has gotten weird and surreal in a way I wasn't expecting. Um, but so the further it, the further it untethers from reality, the easier it is for me to enjoy it. And again, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like Minare and I've reached a point now where I'm, I genuinely don't know if I'm supposed to, 
Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're constantly making comparisons to Always Sunny in Philadelphia on this damn podcast. But in that, you're clearly not supposed to like the cast. Like, they're supposed to be dirtbags. I don't know. More more Seinfeld than Always Sunny. Yeah. Like, I think I'm supposed to like her and I don't. Um, But as the show's gone on and we've gotten more into, like, the the other characters around her. Um, again, there was, there was another really good rounded conversation between um, Nakahata's sister and uh, Makie, uh, Tachibana, the, the girl who was like fleeing an abusive brother. Um, and so you'll have these moments of like kind of genuine human pathos with the other characters. Um, and so tonally it's really weird, but the weirder it gets, the more I'm willing to kind of just roll with the tonal weirdness of it. Um, because it starts to feel like it's part of the it's it's a feature and not a bug, I guess. Um, but yeah, I it's a tough it's a tough recommendation because it is it is so all over the map, and there will be long stretches of episodes where they they just spend time like making references to Japanese radio shows, which I'm sure if you're into Japanese radio are really great. Um, but it's kind of like if there was a TV show in America about podcasts and they just kept making references to Night Vale and M- the McElroy's like people who knew what that was would get a kick and everybody else would be like, <laughs> am I supposed to be laughing? This conversation is boring to me. I have no idea who these people are. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been up and down for me. It's, it's complicated, but I will say that I think once I kind of uh, changed my expectations of it after episode three, um, I, I was surprised to find myself enjoying it more as it went forward. Um, and I, cause I really did not care for episodes two and three. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep up with it. Uh, Peter, what do you think about it? I already, I think had some opinions on this before the anime even came around because, mm-hmm. uh, I was going around Crunchyroll manga and I found out that we had a series by Hiroaki Samura, a big fan mm-hmm. from Blade of the Immortal. So yeah. I was like, Oh, holy shit. Um, and like, I just couldn't get make any headway into the series uh and i think my big problem with it was just that minari doesn't seem to have any agency whatsoever in the story she's very reactive yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and like it frames it kind of like she is in a shitty situation and like it's kind of like an opportunity comes along that allows her to pull herself out of it and kind of like you know fix her shit and maybe become successful and find her calling except that it doesn't feel like any of it involves active decision making on her part and uh, a lot of, like, weird uh, kind of going behind her back by the producer guy as well. Like, I mean, the yeah, whole reason she gets in, Yeah, like, the way she gets in, to me, was just, like, horrifying. The way she, her, like, her drunken ramblings were broadcast all across Hokkaido. Um, yeah, it's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, it just feels like she doesn't make any decisions, and a lot of stuff is done that she would never have agreed to and that's kind of how the plot moves itself forward which is very squicky for me yeah i think i think that's another element that they've improved on a little bit in the past couple weeks like they're starting to ask her to come up with segment ideas and she's she's like she's actively reaching out to the studio um in ways that she wasn't early on um so so i think in some ways it is uh remedying that a little bit but yeah i agree that 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 also was very off-putting for me in those early episodes as well so like i wouldn't blame anybody if they if they checked out around episode three to be honest yeah Um, Yeah. i stuck with it mostly because like caitlin said i have a lot of free time um and also it was like it was like at the top of our list as far as like potential type stuff went so i was like i probably should be watching this one um but yeah the weirder it gets with like now there's like some kind of an exorcist exorcism plot line that i haven't seen the latest episode so i'm not sure how that's going to resolve itself um the weirder it gets, the more I'm willing to kind of roll with its missteps because it stops being grounded in anything similar to the real world. Yeah, uh, my prediction is this is going to be kind of like, uh, what do you call it? This is how she's conveying what happened on the radio later. Uh, um, so it's not actually what happened or or we never get to find out what happens because we just get her story later on, which includes fantastical elements like the bear thing. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. I guess folks at home might know might know by the time this episode drops. Let's just leave it there. Um, we're 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 running over time anyway, and we still need to spend at least a little bit of time on Art Arte 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 um, here at the end. So Arte was at the top of our list because it's a historical fiction about a young woman who wants to be a painter in Florence, Italy, in what like the 1500s, roundaboutish. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah. Renaissance. Yeah. They, and they start talking about the Pope move, commissioning a lot of art, and so a lot of the art is moving to Rome. 
mm-hmm. which could be a hint about historical context. I don't know. Um, I'm not a historian. Anyway, sometime around there, that period, and the first episode was very much about her, like, you know, fighting against the system. And then our three-episode review, I came in extremely lukewarm on it because it, um, it wants to ground itself in reality, but it oversimplifies the realistic elements. And I think that's a really bad mm-hmm. way to do a story like this. Like, you can either just go completely into, like, the realm of fiction and the fantastical and keep it kind of simple, and that can be fine. Or if you're going to ground it, like, you need to look into you need to make it more nuanced um and i was really struggling with this one at episode three much like wave i recalibrated my expectations for it and i have found myself (laughs) i have found myself enjoying it more the the last few and i think part of it is because the show isn't harping quite as hard on the like um because you're a woman type stuff um as it wasn't yeah. going, I think expanding the cast, giving art more to do and more people to interact with has helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her uh, courtesan friend and um, the episode where she kind of learns how to negotiate. I, I thought that one was really well handled as well. Cause it showed her kind of taking the initiative and being proactive, which was really good. Um, so I've, I've liked it better over the past few episodes. Um, it is not a progressive manifesto. It thinks it is. It's not. Um, but, but I'm, but I'm, I'm here for art as a, as for Arte as a character. Um, I, I, I think she's, um, hardworking and doing her best and figuring things out. And so I can, I can, I can watch her do that. So that's about where I am with Arte. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with pretty much everything there that you've said. Um, it, it, it is so like, so very simplifies, like, all of the institutional issues because either everyone's being like you can't do this thing because you're a woman and it's like really like you're acting like women did nothing um but women have always worked like women have always done certain kinds of labor like they weren't just locked away inside the house all the time and like the stuff in like one of the first episodes with angelo's sisters where like they just sit around and they do nothing and they I hate that episode. To do everything because that's because women do nothing and eventually he come after being inspired by seeing arctic pull a cart he comes home and he's like how about you guys actually try doing something for yourselves once and he says it like with this big smile like it's this big like new idea inspirational new idea and it's just so absurd yeah i hated i hated that episode also because earlier when he comes home one of them even comments about how she's been like they like like they are actually working during the day one of them was doing i I don't remember what she said but like she sat down she was like oh god can you rub my feet i've been up on them all day doing some kind of a job and i was like okay so it's not like they're just sitting around the house doing nothing um also i think that but i do agree i think the show kind of has this this understanding of like women from that time period like solely based on stories about the nobility where where maybe there would have been more of just like overseeing a house uh, aspect because you were rich and you had money to have other people do work for you. Um, but like the actual peasantry, like the, the artisan kid, Angelo's family, like they would have been doing shit. <laughs> they would not have had the luxury yeah. of just like sitting around. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it has a bootstrap mentality that I do mm-hmm. not care for, but mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't harp on that too hard and it's just about, um, art working, getting better at her job, yeah. um, I can enjoy it. So yeah. that's, that's where I am with it. It's not, again, it's not going to mm-hmm. be like um, a feminist trademark TM anime, mm-hmm. but um, it's, I like it at this point. Yeah. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I'd rec- necessarily like recommend it, but I wouldn't warn people away from it. I'd just be like, mm-hmm. temper your expectations. It's not, it's not going to do what you maybe hoped mm-hmm. it would do. So. Yeah. No, for, for people who are looking at like um, women, who are like trying to work in a traditionally male dominated field. Like I honestly, like I was watching it. I was thinking a little bit about like the parallels of Miss Hokusai. Um, yeah. I thought about that too. Miss Hokusai I think is a, is a better uh, depiction. Yeah. It's a lot more realistic and nuanced. Because Arte is like, well, you know, the men look at Arte and they go, you can't do this. And then Arte works really hard and she proves herself. And then the men respect her. And yeah, it's that's like, not, like no like no like that's that's not a that's not how that works out it's just it's such a simplistic thing and yeah like uh miss hokusai is more like like sort of indirectly talks about like the barriers that uh oa faces as a female artist in a time when female artists were 
rare and not having access to certain things and like different you know people's attitudes towards her anyway watch Mythokusai. any other final thoughts on this one or should we go forward yeah i'm good there are sequels and carryovers and things that we could discuss but let's go ahead and just save that for the uh, end of season um where maybe we'll be able to skim over some of these other titles a little bit more uh depending upon how the season shakes out All right, that's going to do it for us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about us. And if you really liked what you heard, we'd love it if you could head over to www.patreon.com backslash anime feminist and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, Your support goes a really long way towards making AniFem happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at AnimeFem, on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. That's our show. Let us know what you think of this season in the comments, Annie Fam, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>